You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to this week's episode of the Scottish Football Forums podcast, season 9, episode 11. Uh, I'm Filthy John, we've got good John. Hiya. Uh, right. Right. Uh, Chris, how you doing? Nickname was as usual. Well, we can give you a nickname if you want. I'm fine, I don't need one. There's not many Chrises on this podcast, so it's great. Oh. Christmas. Aye. Aye, we've, we've not really had to use that much this <laughs> uh, And then we've got another special guest, we're doing well with special guest this season. Uh, we've got a Hibs fan, um, unlucky for some, uh, Lewis, how you doing? Alright, how's it going? Good. Good to have you on. Cheers. It's good to be here. <laughs> uh, sometimes when like, either of our teams have bad results, we kind of treat this as a therapy session. So this is your therapy session tonight. <laughs> therapy session five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, to be fair, you're in good company. Your... <laughs> Aye. Do you want to give us a wee ba- a background on yourself, Lewis? Um, I'm a heavy. I've been uh, going. I've been a single day to for about. I don't know, 18 years now. Uh, there's probably been more bad seasons than good seasons. Uh, this certainly looks like it's going to be a terrible season. <laughs> hey, it's not going too well so far. Nah, I thought I should do well this season as well. But... <clears throat> no, I said that. Um, we ended the season pretty well under Heckenbottom. Uh, he looked invincible at the start and then sort of died off towards the end of the season. But all those games seemed to be quite meaningless. The season was over. Uh, so fans are really that bothered, but just this year, I've sent 10 players and it's just, you've got no idea who's going to play. I think towards the end of last season, you had a fair idea of what the starting eleven was going to be. It was the same week on me. But then you turn up to your you have no idea who's like, not what position they're playing in, uh, whether we're going to be attacking, defensive, just it's brutal. Yeah, it was a weird one because, as you say, yeah, ended the season last year pretty well. Um, you know, Leonard had left the team in 8th position and Heckenbottom got them up into, into 5th after being so far behind Hearts they did so far in front of Hearts um, and I expected it to be closest challengers to Aberdeen for 3rd but um, yeah that's not quite happening It's um, they're 4th bottom rather than 4th top it's um, quite extraordinary but and as you mentioned some of the team selections have been questionable and I think the main focus seems to be why Scott Allen not playing in the hole why they're not building the team around him but is it a case of he's struggling to for his own team um, as opposed to working with what he had before? Uh, I don't know if he just doesn't know what position to get the best set of the midfield would be because it seems to me that all our midfielders are effectively the same sort of player plus Scott Allen. Like Vela, Slivka, Malin, uh, they don't really offer you much on the ball or off the ball. <laughs> Malin can score and assist sometimes, he's decent on free kicks but he's not proved, not shown at all this season if it was me I'd, I'd, have, I'd have looked at our squad before the transfer and seen we had Scott Allen and I'd have been building the whole team around him uh, and even the formations week on week I think he should be the sort of first name on the team sheet and play two strikers in front of him, you see when he had Camberry and McLaren in front of him, he was assisting game on game, every week and it was my match each week, now he's got, he's 
he's played right wing against Johnson, was useless. He looked, he sort of looked like he wasn't bothered on Saturday because he knew as soon as he had the ball, he had nobody in front of him to pass to. It's, I, I don't know what it is. And the defence looks poor as well. It's not even like it's just a midfield that's weak. There's just mis- there's mistakes all over the park. Um, but I'll, I'll start the team selection. I feel like we're not even that far away. If, if you put the right players in the right positions, it sounds easy. We'd actually be all right. I think as well, though, you lack a bit of physicality in midfield. Oh, like maybe a bit of a, a, a dirty player. I think, one that will take I, one for the team. I don't know what, what sort of words can you use in this podcast. Well, I was going to, I wanted to use a word, but then I could be polite and say bar steward. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure you know, we need we need like a, a big hard C. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like anyone turns up these road again or plays against him, whatever, you, there's nobody on our team that you hate. You play against other teams like I hope that big I hope that big C ends with T and not K. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely <don't. laughs> but like, yeah, I know it's a cake though. That's what, that doesn't even indicate. <laughs> 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 they had Bartley before and sort of Milligan as well came in uh, just sort of somebody could break up the play in the middle and Omiongo as well he, I think he was probably the best in that position but there's just nobody to break up play there's nobody to sort of protect the defence the same way Celtic have a Scott Brown now Hearts pretty much have anybody I know they're not doing it this season but they usually have four dirty players in the middle of the park just to break things up but we've got nothing hey, Malumbu's still looking for a club isn't he? Oh, I'd take him. Absolutely. Um, he doesn't run much, but like he breaks up play. If you can find a pass. Uh, when he played against Hibs last season, he was, he was probably man of the match. Was, but we, we just don't have that sort of player. It's gone back to the, the, the Hibs team of the noughties, like We've got quite nice, tidy players. You'll have seen that if you watch the first ever against Kamara, probably the better team played a lot of nice pass in football. But then, as soon as we lose possession, it didn't take Kelly any effort at all to just break us open and get to the box, have a shot and go. It's super have, weak. Yeah. Have any of the new players impressed you at all? Um, nah. <laughs> 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 nah. I think uh, Tom James maybe looked all right at right back before he got injured in his third game. Um, Naismith looked all right, to be fair, going forward against Kelly. Um, but then, if you see the first goal back, he's he's about forty yards ahead of where he should have been. Like he should have been bursting a gut to get back. But yeah. The guys they signed, like I think Dodge might come good. He hasn't really shown it yet, but he's in the right place at the right time. Just doesn't have a right foot. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, I've only seen Hibs in the highlights, but I have yet to see Dodge do anything good. In fact, most <laughs> of what he's seen in the highlights has been dreadful. Yeah, Question whether he's a footballer. That cutback on Saturday just falls over at it. Um, <laughs> he's got a couple of goals in the League Cup against sort of lower level opposition, like through one on one and chips the keeper. Uh, and then his, his first game of the season against St. Murray, he did do well. But he's just, he's, in terms of getting the right position, but he's just not able to just find the net. It's so, and that, obviously that's what I'm saying as well. He's saying that, that Joe Newell, I, I don't know what he brings to the team yet. Yeah, he's super weak. Just no strength, no directness or anything. Uh, the I can't remember what country the boy's got. Um, oh, the Scandinavian guy was saying. Oh, 
Halberg. Halberg, Halberg, yeah. He, he looked not too bad. And same with Vera, they sort of showed it in glimpses, but I don't, I don't know what the players are saying because he, he doesn't, he's not playing as, as new players. He seems to be saying 10 players and he's resorting back to the, the players he thought weren't good enough before the transfer window. The worrying thing as well is the lack of goals, well, your lack of goals, lack of games, but then the goals are conceding the last few games. Yeah. The goals are conceding are brutal. It's like, it's like they just give up. The heads go down. And when you concede one, we're just conceding two and three. It's just, there's just nothing there. Like, the game against Rangers, it was 2-1 before the boy got sent off. Uh, Matthew for a stupid handball. But then as soon as the game was over, they just sat, they just sat back and they weren't bothered. 3-1, 4-1, uh, Against Motherwell as well. 1-0, probably still in the game. And for some bizarre reason, Jackson punches the ball in the box. 2-0, 3-0. Uh, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. If we if we could just be a bit more sort of disciplined at the back, then we'd have something to build on and keep ourselves in the game, try and crack on and get a result. But I don't think I've watched the game this season and thought I really like we could go and beat we could actually go and pump somebody. Whereas at least last season when Hex first came, you thought that the next clips is is going to click. It's going to be a three 0 four 0 but it's just. There's nothing. I'm, not, I'm never disimpressed with Hibs. I'm usually optimistic in the group chat. But it's, oh, it's, brutal. it's brutal. What's happened with Horgan this season? He doesn't seem to have hit the same heights as he did last season. Uh, again, I think, I think it's just a team that's not... He's not putting the best players in their best positions and letting the, sort of, the team just sort of work its way around them. I thought I think his delivery. Like, some Hibs fans disagree, but I think his delivery is probably one of the best they've got in terms of uh, getting balls in the box. But he's just—I don't think he's ever. I, I don't know. I, I can't even put a finger on it. Like, we were just there's just no fluidity to our play. And when we get to the final third, there's just—it's like they're too scared to put a ball in the box. Well, they're too scared to put a ball in the box. There's nobody there. He's playing one striker in Canberra, and Canberra is not really a. He's not really there to play up top. When he was, when Heckenbottom first came in, he was drifting wide and somebody else was in the box. Um, I reckon Mahogany, it's just there's nobody to pass the ball to forward. He's getting the ball, he's something to cut back and hope other guys can get themselves in the box. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty interesting stuff. Unless <laughs> you've got an Edinburgh derby coming up to solve it. So. Um, for the first Edinburgh derby in five years, not to sell out. <laughs> Is it not a sellout? Really? Um, I, wow. I don't know. I've not really. Hibs have been quite quiet on Twitter. <laughs> Usually they're all over it and try to get tickets sold, but um, I, I don't think they'll enter I don't think Hearts will sell it either. Hearts probably have sold it every derby for the last. forever. And obviously their, their fans, they're, they, feel, they feel exactly the same as us. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, as bad as you guys are having it across the city. They're like standing outside the front door at the end of the game and well, demanding all sorts of changes. I couldn't, I couldn't even sit sit back and enjoy that on Saturday because I know that if we don't win on Sunday, it will be the exact same as the road. I, I've never even I've never seen Hibs fans boo a manager so much before, and then Scotland gets subbed off against St Johnston, and it's just booze right around East the road. It's it's it's, it's going to be a toxic atmosphere on on Sunday if anything goes. If we can see first. I don't even know how the fans would react. And then that just feeds on the players. The, the, the players probably just sit back and what, what am I bothering for? 
Aye, there's nothing worse if a team is short in confidence and you're playing at home, and then <coughs> something doesn't go doesn't go your way early on because then I it sounds terrible. Yeah, uh, right. Hibs fans are probably the hardest to please in the league. Like it's taken Hearts eighteen months to hate Aberdeen. Have you met Aberdeen fans? It is. What's that? Have you met us, Aberdeen fans? <laughs> I suppose you don't have to. McInnes, he's got you like Europe every year for the last five years. <laughs> yeah, no comment. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I can't see where we're going to get our next goal from. So it's probably the first time I'm looking into it, thinking we'll win it. But yeah. and again, I, I can't see where Hearts going to get a win from because I mean, I watched their highlights and they, they look even worse than us. Yeah, the way Hearts are defending, um, it would be a surprise if your, um, the Hibs goal came from an own goal from like Berra or someone because they have been... That 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 used to be the Craig Levine fallback was um, a good defence, but they're falling uh-huh. apart. It seems they've conceded 11 goals in five games, which is pretty bad. Only Hibs and St. Johnson have worse. Um, they're also both around them in the table. So we ran a poll on the, um, on the podcast Twitter account. Um, who's more likely to lose our job first? Uh, Levine or Heckenbottom and Levine came out on top of 63% um, Heckenbottom 37 out of the 35 votes thanks to everyone who voted um, but at, Michael Stewart often says Craig Levine has the safest job in football unless Anne Budge um, actually does something I can't see Craig Levine ever leaving the job because if they discuss the manager's future he's got to be there because he's a director of football Aye, <laughs> it's it's probably the most bizarre setup in world football. Uh, I, I agree with Michael Shaw. He has got the safest job in world football. Um, but I'm Budge must be sitting there thinking like this isn't working. And I know he's got total f- football autonomy and he's director of football on the board and employs himself, but like if if, if Hearts don't let him just go back to his director's job or uh, if he doesn't walk or whatever like, they, they'll they won't they won't be shy and protest and outside Tin Castle every week or not yeah I would think who's going to work yeah, for him because uh, he uh, tried to replace Castro never replaced him and did the job himself so who's going to work uh, for him at this point in time yeah that's I think he problem. would have to sever all ties I think right. that's what he'd have to do uh, uh-huh. he, should, he should as well back up the stairs after the Scottish Cup final I think he was probably wanting to go out and uh, go out and win, win the cup, and then go back upstairs or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad he hasn't. Cause I suppose are. <laughs> he's the only person keeping them, keeping them below us. Um, I, I think, I think there's more chance of Heckenbottom getting sacked before the win. Purely, purely because the way the Hibs fans have turned, and I, I don't think I've ever seen a, a manager turn things round when it's got so bad before. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting. I'll pick up your comments, Lewis, about you've never seen Hibs fans turn on the managers as quickly before. Um, and the, the, the magic came in my mind was Terry Butcher, because, you know, that was obviously a disaster from um, the word go, and um, he, he was the one that, that took Hibs down. I don't know. So it's I, even worse than that. I, I suppose Terry Butcher had quite a similar start to him, but I think he went something like seven games unbeaten when he came in. Like he was doing really well. All the Hibs fans were starting to love him. He even had a season ticket campaign based on Terry Butcher's giving him an army. And then, I think, 
was it just after Christmas or was it January or something? Like that? It just, I think we didn't win a game to the end of the season. Um, I'd, 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 I couldn't see them uh, getting a delegate. I think. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know if he will turn around, but <clears throat> I think he would do enough over the season with the players that he's got. And the more time he spends with these ten new players, he could learn more about the squad and get enough obviously enough points to stay in the league. I mean they the outside looking in, he seems a bit of a kind of arrogant guy, I don't know if that's Aye, aye. Uh, I mean if you were to look at my hips group chat, every single one of them wants some gun. I'm probably the one that's giving him the most time. I, I don't like to see how his manager sat, but it's getting to the point where we look at the team sheet comes through every week and we're like, who's playing where? Um, us as fans, like, we're no experts, but we know Scott Allen doesn't play right wing. We know we know we need, like, fans need to see, like, Hibs fans. We have this vision that we play this certain type of football, and that's not the one striker up top because nobody feeding him. Um, so unless, unless he starts playing this sort of Hibs way, um, or even grinding out results, he's, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I just can't. I can't see him getting one over anytime soon. Yeah, I but, think that. Yeah, I was just going to say. I think the way you defended for the first goal just summed up the um, the problems that you've had this season. It's a great ball by Stephen O'Donnell. He deserves credit for it. It's a wonderful pick out. But as you mentioned before, Naismith's not well positioned. Um, Portis is too far deep. They're just not in a proper line. And then Miller's got an easy run and an easy finish. And you know, defensively, it's just been a shambles for you. No, I mean, what we're talking about, uh, the, the Hibs management job and the Hearts management job, I'm just reading that, um, sadly, Jim Jeffries has had a, a serious heart attack, well, out golfing. Oh, has he? Uh, yeah, former, former Hearts manager, of course. Yeah. Um, the, the Scotsman's even saying that it's um, believed that he'd stopped breathing in the way to the hospital for paramedics resuscitated him, so, um, obviously. Horrible news is that, and hoping it makes a, a full recovery. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so I've derailed the podcast a bit now. Yeah. No, good luck to Jim. Hopefully he recovers. Was, was he not speaking earlier, though, about um, he doesn't see Levine potentially even making Sunday? Well, yeah, that's the thing. I was, I, that was like... I'm sure I had that earlier today, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a former Hearts player that passed away. Um Prentice, I think his name was. Yeah. Um, from a Hearts player for 70. So my um, connection dropped off, so I don't know what I missed for a few minutes. But yeah, but I'd read something about Jeffrey's comment about Levine's future and doesn't, no, he doesn't seem surviving beyond Sunday. Aye, the, the, the quotes are in one of the newspapers. I was listening to his comments on Saturday. Craig still believes he's a man for the job. But if he loses the derby, I'm afraid he's going to come under severe pressure if he's still in charge when the game comes around. With the league performances through 2019, any manager will be under a hell of a lot of scrutiny. A win at Easter Road maybe buys you a bit more time. This isn't all based on this season. Hearts didn't have a good season last term. Getting to the Scottish Cup final battled over a lot of the cracks. And he's right. I, like, um, it's like something like four wins in 2019 they've had. And it's like in the middle of September now. In the last 12 games, they've had three draws and nine defeats. So that's spanning this season and last season. They're just they're, they're a, for a team that were top of the league last season for quite a lot, quite a spell, um, and they just they fell away. They had that sort of double header against Celtic when they played us in the, the League Cup semi and then in the league as well. And what, I know this they kind of suffered with injuries, 
before they played us, but then we lost Stephen Naismith in the, the, the League Cup semi, and that just seemed to collapse after that. I don't know if he was uh, very talismanic at the time, but yeah, the, the, the 2019 um, statistics are dreadful. Michael Stewart was saying something, they've played like 33 games or something like that, and it's relegation candidacy, kind of. I think yeah. they've only got 20 points. points. 17 yeah. points last year or something like that. That's, that's appalling. Yeah. I think it's tremendous. <laughs> yeah, it's it's incredible the downturn they've had. You know, as you say, they were in the League Cup semi final. I mean, yeah, they got the Scottish Cup final last season, but let's be honest, they had a real lucky run to the Cup final, and most Hearts fans could see that because they had Living. The only Premier League side they had was Livingston, and that was at home. The rest of the rounds, it was um, a home tie against Sockingham Lake Talbot. They needed a replay against um, a struggling party at Thistle, and then they beat Kelly Thistle in the semi final. It's not exactly a hard run for a team like Hearts to get to a cup final. Yeah, they've got problems with selection as well, like Sean Clare getting played in midfield all the time. And he was a full-back in a week. Sean Clare player. End up playing at right-back. I know I vilify him quite a lot in this podcast, but I just can't see what he brings other than um, when it's a penalty kick. And he even missed his most recent one. He just doesn't He doesn't track back. He doesn't create. He doesn't score many goals. I think he's contributed about four games since he's came to Hearts um, other than penalty kicks and I just he sums up some of the problems they've got because you look at the guy and think I think Craig Levine said he was targeted by a couple of English Premier League clubs before they got him what was that to fill in their reserve teams (laughs) their bench they're not even hard to beat though Hearts that used to be a thing that Hearts teams pride on themselves in terms of being hard to beat they've they've lost that Especially, yeah. especially at Tynecastle, nobody would ever beat them at Tynecastle. Mm-hmm. And what, Ross County missed a, a late penalty at the first game of the season, then Hamilton drew 2-2 and they got beat by Motherwell. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's, that's not hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The second, um, although goal was a cracker um, for Seedorf, um, don't think there's anything the goalkeeper can do about that. But the third goal is just um, a shocker. You no, know, Between Clare trying to leave the ball, Doyle doesn't cover himself in glory either. But Motherwell thoroughly deserved their win and yeah, they're up to third place. I mean some people have tipped them to be in the top six ahead of Hearts this season, so and it could well happen. Yeah, I mean, you, you said there was no chance for the keeper with a seed off chance, but nobody closed them down. It was just on you go, have a shot. And uh, fair fizz that on. Yeah. But then it's not as if Hearts didn't have their chances in that game. Because um, like Piers, you get the first goal, um, and then I think they were down to ten men. Washington get the second. Was that Machino? Yeah, he looks good. Oh, Washington. Washington went off. Aye, he's the one that off. Aye, aye. So Machino get the second goal. But I mean, they had they had chances in this game as well. Just couldn't keep the ball at the net at the other end. So the, if, if they, they they got it back to two one, and that gave them a chance, but the minute Claire makes that mistake for 3-1 game's done again mm-hmm. yeah exactly um, and they didn't seem to have that much urgency to get back in the game yeah they had 10 men but um, you'd think they'd flood forward to try and get an equaliser but um, they were still in their back four and Michael Stewart pointed out in sports seen that the only player they had in the box was at the front post and there was nobody coming in at the back and then across is terrible anyway um, another thing that sums up Hearts' problems um, was 
We mentioned that they had Doyle and goals at the weekend. That's now them on their third goalkeeper in five games. That doesn't I help. I think we are on our third goalkeeper in five games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we've played Bain yeah. and Forster yeah, and true. Gordon in the three games. Well, you forgot yeah. at the weekend too, played for you in goals. I did die. I, I, <laughs> we'll move on to the Celtic game now. Because <laughs> it was... It's, I, I was I was I managed to get to watch the game at one time on Saturday. Um and for the first half hour of the game I had no idea who a goalkeeper was. I'd seen the the lineup to start with. Um and then completely forgot who was in goal, whether we were playing Gordon or we were playing Forster. It wasn't until I had like some routine catch that I actually realised who it was. Um as for, as for the game itself, we got off to a great start. Um Elanusi uh, three minutes into his debut manages to set up James Forrest uh, sports scene cleared up whether it was offside or not Forrest behind Elenese so no, no chance of that offside uh, but that was the only time we managed to get a ball and a finishing position in the entire game um, for the first half hour we were playing some wonderful stuff um, knocking the ball about quick passes trying to break our way through the Hamilton defence it's the only way you're going to do it I think um, but just lacking that final ball into a position where somebody could just nap, tap it in the net as Forrest had done the first couple of minutes and it kind of faded away after that I don't know if the heads went down or uh, if Hamilton rejigged things or we just tired too much or what but after about half an hour we weren't really creating the same um, tappy football that we had been before and I think we get, we started the second half reasonably well. For uh, Forrest had a shot that was tipped onto the crossbar by the goalkeeper. And I think Fawn Williams making that save is the only save in the entire game at either end. Because anything Hamilton created, they missed. Um, anything we created after that, we missed. Anything we created before that was either the goal or we missed. I'd, honestly, I cannot think of another game, another game where I've seen one save in the entire thing. Um, in the end, finished 1-0, got the three points, but after getting an open goal in three minutes, I thought um, we're going to get a few more, but wasn't to be. Um, the only thing that really amused me about this game was Gogic and his long throws, um, because every single time he did it, he had a foot on the park, and we, like, there was the, the Twitter comments about it were getting ridiculous until the referee finally pulled him up for it in like, injury time when they were pushing for the equaliser. I don't know why he'd only pulled him up for that one. It was obvious he'd been doing it every single time before it. Yeah. Speaking about ridiculous, why does Celtic have eight wingers on their books when you're only going to play two? Aye. Um, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I think um, Brendan Rodgers made that comment when we first signed Shved as well. It was another winger. Um, aye. It's, 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 it's an overloaded area of the park, shall we say. Um, the other thing that I, I, I would note about this game was the, the banner that Celtic fans had that said overcharging the fans underselling the game um, I know you pointed out that one of the possible tweets of the week uh, could be the Hamilton SLO response to that about how Celtic are the most, ex- mm-hmm. most expensive away ticket in the league yeah. um, but mm-hmm. he's missing the point with that one because Celtic's away, t- Celtic's away ticket is only slightly more expensive than the rest of the league relatively speaking now Away ticket for Celtic Park, you're going to see the champions. It's kind of understandable they'd be the most expensive one. The problem isn't that Celtic's the most expensive. The problem is where the range of tickets is. It's too expensive across the board. And this is the point that the Celtic fans are making. And this is the Celtic fans that set the ticket prices anyway. 
Um, so, to, so uh, there was a very much sort of playing the man, not the ball, in the, the Hamilton response to that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, t- I totally get that. Um, I just I see it in a similar way to Chris Boyd talking about um, you know accessibility for um, kids playing football. He was making good points, then forgetting that he's charging seventy five pound for an October week camp. I agree with that point. Uh, However, <laughs> if it was Peter Wall was moaning about the away fans. Uh, ticket prices, I would totally agree with that point. The fact that it's the Celtic yeah. fans, I'm not fair enough. They're the ones that are paying the money every week. Um, so I think yeah. in, in that case, the Celtic fans had a very good point, and I think I would like to see more fans taking up a similar point. Um, not that I believe anything will get done about it because the Scottish football we bleed everybody dry as much as possible. Um, Celtic was bad for it as everybody else. So um, I don't know what we can do about it exactly. The, the other point um, I made at the weekend was it's all very good and well having that banner. But from Hamilton's perspective, every single seat in that Celtic end was sold. Mm-hmm. So they sold at the right price because the, the, the demand was there for that supply. So until we stop buying the tickets, it's going to continue. For all we've got in Scotland is that we don't, not enough teams fill our ground, so the prices keep on going up and up. Mm-hmm. To try and make as much money as yeah. can from what fans do at the end. Yeah, and obviously the ones that tend to get the most are the ones with the big travel and support. So Celtic, Rangers, Aberdeen. It's the same. It's the same right across Scottish football, um, because Falkirk season tickets like three three hundred and seventy pound. Yeah, I mean Falkirk get relegated. Well, Quinn football. Have they put the price down? Dundee were the same. They get relegated. Never put the price down. Um, they're, they're all bank. They seem to be banking on bouncing straight back. That's that's the impression I was getting from those kind of those figures. But but you see, I mean. We've said it in this, if, uh, this podcast a few times. If you want proper value for money when it comes to football, go to the juniors. Aye, six quid. See, much better. Is it? Six That's quid. It. You could get a pie, buy a raffle, t- half time draw ticket, dinner. Mm-hmm. Maybe even have change. Can you bring a carry out as well? What's that? Can you bring a carry out as well? No. <laughs> 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 Though there are some players. We can bring it illegally. <laughs> He's a fiat junk, though, because half time you can win the clubs and all that. <clears throat> I think. Mm-hmm. And also, as well, I've been to some places where I buy the like, beer gardens. It's pretty good. Troon. You never get a chance to go to Troon. They've got a beer garden. <laughs> yeah. You end up going to see the game. Beer garden in the football, that sounds heaven. <laughs> uh, there's no way that'll catch on with the, the top flight. I mean. Um, but aye, that's where we're at. That's when they had the uh, half time stint on uh, Bobby Lynn, uh, the Dustman. Bobby Lynn's a 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 Dustman. Ah, aye, so, um, aye, do you want to talk about the... Yeah, that's good. Aye, um, I've kind of forgotten about him, to be honest. Um, he's obviously been a, a goal scorer of um, some big goals for us in the past. Uh, he's been out a while, never really done too much last season that I can think of. Um, but yeah, it's good to see him back, good to get another player, nice and fit. Um, the big concern in this game was the head knock for Julian. 
and there seems to be conflicting reports over that one because Neil Lennon was suggesting that he'd be knocked out and then played on and if that's the case that's ridiculous and they thought Neil Lennon was Boris Becker aye <laughs> that one as well <laughs> um, but Celtic have said he wasn't knocked out at all um, and he's possibly a doubt for Thursday night I don't know um, we should wait and see I know um, Simonovic is out because um, he's going to have to go for surgery on his knee uh, so he will not be featuring for a while. Uh, and we've still got Beaton out, so the, the, the injury he picked up at Ibrox a couple of weeks ago. Which isn't great for a sire in there, so if I can play, but Beaton's out and Simonovic's out, and, and that head is. Who, something we're all very short back here again. El Hamid, maybe, play. Somebody else at right back. <laughs> I don't go any other right backs, have you? I'm trying to think who we might have. No, really. Walton went out. Walton went out on loan. Aye, uh, he's um, St. Johnson. Went up with James Forrest at right back or something like that. Aye. Well, I suppose only because we're like with our Greg Taylor could play right back. You know, a little bit up. Don't know. I've never seen him even deployed there. So. Oh. But aye, we shall see. There's always Jack Ender, he's not a cop. Although I don't think he's on the European list, so maybe not. Probably a good thing, to be honest. Uh, Rangers lovey. Yeah, um, not, a, yeah. not a great first half. Um, so, it was a bit of a... I think Rangers, was it Arfield hit the bar? Yeah, Arfield hit the bar and... That was about it. Aye, uh, off injured after um, his 40 minutes of football and his 11 kilometres, whatever it was, that Stephen Gerrard made him run in training during the week. That worked out well for him. <laughs> uh, and then it's after he conceded the penalty early in the second half. I don't think there's any doubt about that one. He caught a bit of dykes late. Well, I sent McGregor the wrong way and Livingston took the lead. Um, and then it kind of all fell apart after that for Livingston because Tavernier's free kick went straight in. Um, interesting. Should that have stood? Because Stephen Thompson's sports team was pointing out Conor Goldson looked like he was interfering with play and was definitely offside. Uh, so maybe he shouldn't have stood. I suppose the debate there is interfering with play or not. Yeah, for all Rangers probably deserve to win in the second half. Um, Livingston could very easily um, went in front on two occasions or went back in front on two occasions because first of all Erskine hits the junction of the post and bar and then I think it was at Dykes um, had the effort that was well saved by McGregor, yeah. you know, and those were turning points because after that Rangers obviously went on and got the second goal. Dykes then picks up a second booking was quite soft, um, although he shouldn't have got himself booked in the um, for these first defence because that was just stupid getting himself. Ah, the first one was stupid. But, the second um, one, when you're already in a booking with your arm like that, is just asking for it. To be honest, um, I, I don't think they can argue it. To be honest. I've seen that given as a yellow card before, so uh, I give a look at the referee here. Definitely a yellow eye box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the thing I was most surprised at was the fact that uh, obviously Rangers haven't had a penalty this season because up until uh, Saturday, Tavernier hadn't got a goal. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, that was the biggest fucking point is that Livy got a penalty on Saturday at Ibrox. I know, I was reading about that when it happened, um, just when it happened on Twitter, I was wondering if there were any thoughts and prayers for Livingston for, at that point in time. 
But I know it's a penalty. I think the ref got up and ate. So. It was a stupid tackle from Arsenal. I don't know what he was doing. No, it was it was very late, very conscious. Yeah, it was going anywhere. Going anywhere. <coughs> I don't know. Do you know what about Arsenal earlier on this season as well? Arfield. Oh, I can't remember. I feel like that. Bye, Ryan Kent and Jordan is first game back. Jordan is first game back. He was was he crying on the edge of the uh, touchline as well? It looked like it. That was enjoyable. That was enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gerard says about for a few yeah, weeks. Not, says about for a few weeks. Oh, well, I said, should they have made him run that 11k? <laughs> I mean, this just seems yeah, to be Gerard whinging about <laughs> Ryan Jack being overused. Ryan Jack being overused. <laughs> when he was out with Scotland. <laughs> and now he's went and done the same with Ken. So. <laughs> Practice what you preach, Stephen. Practice what you preach, Stephen. Yeah, Livingston's first defeat of the season. Um, that's a pretty good start. They've had to have eight points from five games. And it probably sums up the expectations um, because I'm about to moan at the fact Aberdeen have only picked up eight points from five games uh, this season. Um, now, no disrespect to the teams that we've played and we have absolutely no God-given right to um, turn up and expect to win. But given who we've been playing, to have eight points at this stage is very disappointing, and we've got some tough facts just coming up, we've got Livingston, we've got Rangers um, coming up um, Hearts in the Cup Hearts in the Cup, yeah I think Hibs aren't far away and Celtic's at the end of October, so yeah, it's uh, and Saturday, well, okay, it's, um, we started well enough, got the goal um, Joe Lewis has an absolute shocker um, for the equaliser, and then St Johnson with a better team second half Um Luckily for us, um, there was an assistant referee to tell Stephen McLean how to do his job. <laughs> good to see uh, us. Get involved. Both. We talk yeah, about that is, a lot. That is very good. Mm-hmm. good yeah, I think this. I think though we might have got away with one because I think Cosgrove does um, have his hands. In I, his ha- I have a problem with this one. Right? How come when we had the the one that the lines been overturned, we had. A really good angle shown because we, we had the normal TV camera angle and then we had another angle which showed quite clearly there'd been no contact, so it definitely wasn't a penalty. And then when it, it, came, to the, it. Was it a, a good angle? When we came to the Cosgrove push, how come we only got one angle on that? Where was the other angle? I wanted to see the same angle we got for the first penalty shoot. Because it would have taken away from Thompson Stewart's air time. Well, it was the thing. It was like it was. A, <laughs> who was it was doing? Was it Lee McLeod that was doing the the commentary for that game? Because he was yeah, saying, ah, the that angle. It's not conclusive for that angle. So, well, give us another angle then. You had one. <laughs> They're never very entertaining any other games against Jones. Generally, didn't surprise me that it was a draw. Sorry. Yeah. I'm just surprised Stephen. Yeah, I'm just surprised Stevie May didn't come back and score the winner. Look, the record at Todd's is pretty brutal, isn't it? That's, that's, uh, that's why he's there. Um, St. John's are a tough team to beat, though. Like, even if you take the, the lead, they've got quite good attacking players getting on the pitch. I think. Kennedy's, Kennedy's pretty, pretty fast, and Howard's still starting to offer. Um, they're just so brutal to watch. The, <laughs> the, whole, the whole game plan is not to get beat. Yeah. 
They've got their act together since the um, the league the league cup campaign and getting thumped by Celtic in the opening day because um, you know they've picked up three draws. All oh, right, they've not won a game yet, but they've had some hard games in there. You know, going to Easter Road, mm-hmm. going to Petardry, um fighting back against Livingston, um, and th- they lost the game to Kilmarnock, which um, I know they could have got something, but Kilmarnock's obviously a hard team to beat, as you also know for yourself, and they've recovered from a poor a poor start to. You know, put themselves into six. Um, so no, that's a decent point for um, St. Johnson. Um, and lifts them off the bottom and puts. Um, and leaves Hearts marooned at the bottom. Oh, you were for that one. <laughs> I was building myself up. The wheels were going round thinking. <laughs> well, there's no wins for St. Johnson, but they've picked up some good draws. Um, obviously, the draw against Hibs uh, in the last minute. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, picked up this draw uh, here as well and what was the other draw? Well they drew by Livingston at home and, um, obviously on Saturday so yeah well done you're the only team at the three of, um, at the three supporters on here Chris that's won um, against St Johnson well done <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think going back to Aberdeen as well I think there are a few more injury concerns uh, we're already struggling across the back but Gallagher Oyo and Bryson all injured mm-hmm. I just want us to get back to putting the, the ball in the deck again because I know um, the Georgian team we played in the Europa League um, weren't great and we probably struggled in our league but um, you know the way we were playing that night was pretty good um, the ball was in the deck, it was slick passing but for what I saw in the highlights again it was ball in the air um, and no, it's we're bit we we're better than that with the players we've got. You know, you guys like Hedges, uh, McGinn, uh, McLennan to come off the bench as well. He, he arguably could have started after his exploits to the under twenty ones last week. Um, you know, Ferguson's a tidy player, but yeah, we need to get players fitting on the park again. But yeah, we shall see. What do you, what do you uh, see Aberdeen finishing up this year? I predicted third, and I still do think they'll finish third, but I'm not overly confident. That's it. Yeah, I would still think we'll finish third, I think. Yeah. Definitely the strongest team outside of Glasgow. I'd say so. I think we've... Um, I know we've lost some good players over the last few years, but um, I do generally think we've recruited... Well, that Greg Lee special, it's a, a good find at I, left back, but... Um, I one the one early in the game with... Um, he, he plopped his well way into a position to get Cosgrove. Was it hit the post, Cosgrove? Yeah. Uh, the build-up play before that, for Lee, was terrific. Mm-hmm. He likes getting forward, certainly. He getting forward, certainly. And he's made folk forget about yeah. Matt's low. Yeah. Who? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, you need to be a bit more um, creative in our attacking play, I think. So we're not too slow at times, but pedestrian. You get back to like hitting teams of pace. One yeah. engine required as well. And Joe Lewis being better than he was this week. Aye, but to be how fair, did that, how did that go to Joe Lewis, it's, it's rare for him to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. No, the worst mistake of the weekend. No, it wasn't a good weekend for goalkeepers. <laughs> it ties us in with the, the Ross County St Mirren game. Yes. Right, why was the first goal disallowed? The, oh, sorry, not the first goal, the disallowed St Murn goal that would have made it one Because everybody knows the offside rule the same way Stephen Thompson knows it. Did you hear him try to explain this? 
<laughs> yeah, that's why I'm more confused when uh, I'm asking you. So, everybody seems to think offside means last man or last defender, but actually it means you need two defensive players closer to the goal than you. Usually it's a keeper and a defender. Um, in this instance, the keeper was further out than the last defender. So, being level with the goalkeeper meant there was debate over whether he was onside or offside. The he's level, so he should have been onside, but the lines are obviously put his flag up. Um, you know the, the the best example of this? Um, see if you go back to the 6-2 game, Celtic versus Rangers in 2000. The opening goal of that game, Chris Sutton scored, and he was offside when he done it. Because although I think it was Amoruso was a man that was on the line, Stephen Kloss was further away from the line than Chris Sutton was. Mm-hmm. So that goal shouldn't have stood, and it did. Yeah. But was there not a, um, a similar player that touched the ball on the line and had he left it, the goal probably... Yeah, he's the one that was offside. Yeah. Oh, he was the one that was flagged as offside. He was the one that was level with the goalkeeper. Yeah. So it should have been on. It should have been given as onside because he was level. Um, but mm-hmm. as it was, the linesman gave it. You're right, if he'd left it alone, <laughs> the goal probably would have stood. Um, but he wasn't in on that. He just sniffed away at it. And like I say, technically he was onside. So it should have, it should have stood. Yeah. Yeah, Ross Stewart looks as though he's um, adapting to life in the top flight pretty well. Well, certainly at home anyway, because he's scored in all three home games they've played, um, giving him a lead. Then you had that horrendous error by uh, Turnbull. No, sorry, Lee. Right, I'm, get, I'm getting confused. <laughs> yeah, um, where did he come from, Lee? Hey, aye, one of us. <laughs> you know, uh, it's funny, that, that this game for me, um, we have the, the pick it out. All three of these goals can be pick it out for a completely different reason. The first goal. <laughs> It's a lovely chest and fired into the roof of the net. I've a terrific strike, um, and I don't had too much time to do it, but Stuart, all credit him for that. The second one is just hilarious, um, because it not only goes under the wall, but then goes under the goalkeeper as well. I don't, I don't think going under the wall is enough to confuse the goalkeeper. It does take a nick as well, but he should still be able to keep that out. Um, so it's, it's, it's hilarious. And then um, right at the death. Everybody loves a last minute winner, right? Well, not against your team, but certainly if it's your team, you love a last minute winner. Um, and it's uh, the captain himself, Marcus Stewart, uh, Marcus Fraser, sorry. You got an end it? So, hi, uh, doing the, the captain's job there, leading for the front. Yeah. yeah, no one knows what he was doing up there. No, no idea. But um, what a ball for guarding. Because right, F- Fraser mm-hmm. is the second Ross County player that could get it. Uh, they're all chucking themselves at it, eh? So. Uh, it was, a, it was yeah. a great finish to the game. Um, so yeah, all three of these could be picked out for different reasons. Yeah, Kyle McGuinness tried his own picket um, contenders, but um, twice he hit the. Aye. The you know your day. Um, he was very. Good for Kyle to know after our defeats against Aberdeen and Covington, but they conceded a lot of goals as well. Yeah. A good start to the season. Aye, what a doubt. But yeah, for them to have seven points is a decent return after five games. Um, yeah, St. Man will be disappointed though to throw away that point. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they're still sitting with three points, so um, we're a better goal difference than St. Johnson, but that's because they haven't been thumped by Celtic. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. I, I can't make up my mind whether St. Man are getting better or not, because they never particularly had a good um, League Cup campaign. Um, they're kind of doing all right in the league without doing anything great and not picking up much in the way of 
anything before the win. Before the win. But um, they look like they're heading the right direction. It's just how quickly they're going to do it. Are St. John's going to get the act together? Are Hearts going to get the act together? I don't know. Yeah. Um, Jason, a bit. Um, see, in terms of offside, is this one's the Denny you see the Abroth party at game? No. The goal is a good for offside for that. The Ross Rocker. Both should have won that game, I. The Abroth are by far the better team against Party at Thazo. It was actually quite an entertaining game. They've started very well, our brothers. Yeah, I've been 3-0 up at half time. Right, and they uh, get pegged back to one each. Aye, Kenny Miller. It just won't go away, really. <laughs> yeah, that's what would be pretty poor. They could improve a wee bit in the second half, but yeah, our brothers are really impressive. So I'm not forgetting them off the bottom of the league, go Thistle. Yeah, obviously. Tom Fairman have replaced them at the bottom with their defeat to Inverness. Um, and I think, of course, the, the, the big shock of the day was uh, the United, who were apparently run away with this division. Lost to Air United. I say shock. Four times out of the last five, Air United have beaten Dungeon United. <laughs> yeah, I liked your comment on the WhatsApp, Lewis, about the training. Oh, it was proper smug. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what did it said? Um... If you hit the booze, that's what I did the first time I came on the podcast. That's the best thing to do. <laughs> Just hit the booze. What's that? All right. Hit the booze for the nerves. I'll yeah, create a tenants next time. I'll make it something decent. Yeah, that's a terrific win for the United. Um, yeah. Booze are level on points. Look good value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Look good value. And um, there was a definite penalty. Um, I can't remember what first goal was like, um, but I saw the. Penalty. It was a definite penalty, and yeah, they were good value for their win. Um, Dundee bounced back from that derby pump and they beat our broth. Um, so Alwa, um, who had Jamie McDonald in an emergency loan, so looks as though his commander days are pretty much over because they signed another loan goalkeeper. Um, and Queen of South got their first one of the season against Martin. So, I want you to say, our broth doing well, up in fourth at the moment. Um, the other, like you meant, well, again mentioned, United. Like, I'm sure many people were expecting that their challenge last season was a bit uh, when it faded away. It was maybe going to be continuing it this season. And just they'd be down the bottom end of the table, but four wins to five, and one of them being done United. That's uh, they're up there again. Could be good. Yeah. Could be contenders. Um, I'm so I think most people are predicting Inverness will be up there as well. For, for, I mean, yeah. I'm the I'm the idiot that picked Partick first. It'll be up there. Was, it's the uh, early days, it's the early days. Aye, it's the early days. Aye, I've seen that as well. There's a few folk calling for his head. So um, we haven't had anybody sacked in the top two divisions yet. So um, predictions are still open. I need to wait till Sunday for yeah. that. <laughs> 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 quarter to five. <laughs> Jason, yeah, it's it's like on, sa- on Sunday, if it's like a, you know, you get the wrestling matches, but it's like last man standing. Or right, you exactly. lose your, con- <laughs> your, your contract if you lose your contract. Box office. Uh, so if it's a draw, do they race each other to see who can sack the fuck there's first? Just keep playing. Just <laughs> the official game's over, but just play till the death. Just turn it into a Just get Levine and play long shooting. What's that? Just get Heckenbottom and Levine to play long shooting. Long shooting. 
Oh, dearie me. Yeah. Um, yeah, into League One. I, I want to read it this. Uh, What's that from the um, referee Derek Horst who we had on a few weeks ago? Because I sent him the link to that Clyde game. Um, not to see David Goodwillie's uh, third goal as a contender for Pickett. Pick it. Uh, um, Goodwillie also scored three penalties, so I asked him for his opinion, for the opinion of the referee, <laughs> and he says, "Good to see Craig Napier ruining football games at a level he should <laughs> never have achieved." <laughs> <laughs> Hard to see if there's an actual penalty to be awarded in any of these instances. First, I'd give nothing, not enough. Um, for a penalty version of dive. Second is one is an absolute howl of a decision. And the third one looks like that dive for me, um, given the question why the attacker would go down. Um, referee Craig Napier is a young guy, totally out of his death, fast track by the SFA during to being a qualified doctor. When he was referee in junior football, he had despicable reputation as the worst referee ever t- Referee in junior football. He refereed a match in which he issued 14 yellow cards, <laughs> three reds, and punted both managers. <laughs> no personality, no man management skills. The, the SFA have this guy on the EFA development pathway to be a FIFA official. God help us all. And ask the question is he worse than Dallas? 100%. Oh God. Worse than Dallas? That's really bad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't sense. believe it. <laughs> Sorry, that was a 6-1 win for Clyde um, in which Stern average used to 10 men after half an hour Yeah, totally ruined that game um, Yeah uh, I, 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 looked at, I mean and Goodwill actually missed one of his penalties, Goodwill actually took four penalties in the game, one of them he missed but he had to retake it because the Stranard keeper um, was a yard in front of the line So I suppose technically under new rules Aye. it was the right decision um, it wasn't as bad as the, um, you know, the one that happened to Scotland in the Women's World no. Cup, but, um, but it, it's just one of those. But yeah, good Willie's third goal, the one that clutches hat trick was an absolute screamer in this one. Um, was it better than Michael Doyle's of Falkirk? I'm not sure. I thought that was a crack, and that was by someone who's a right back. Uh, Always gives you bonus points, yeah. doesn't it? That was a 3-0 win over Forfa. Getting back to winning ways. Um, yeah. So for all Clyde have, have picked up that six-one win, they're still sitting mid-table on eight points. Fuckers uh, yeah. third on eleven, Race Rovers on twelve. They get back to winning as well. Race Rovers beating yeah. Red. Mm-hmm. But he's five for the top. He's five for the top. Three yeah. win winners away to bottom dogs Montrose. Uh, four wins and two draws, so, and the two draws were the first two. Yeah. So yeah. See, to be fair to Falkirk, you mentioned getting back to my ways. At home, they've been fine. They've won all three home games, scoring 11 goals, conceding one. But away from home, they've played three games and not scored a single goal. And and if you add the Challenge Cup defeat to Wraith Rovers, that's four away games in a trot where they haven't scored. So maybe that justifies their hefty season ticket price because you're getting value for money at the Falkirk Stadium just now. These days. By a stretch, is it not? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, obviously. Again, one. It's looking very much like uh, the, the Cove and Edinburgh City are uh, battle for the, the top two now. The two new boys to the SPFL. He's Edinburgh City there. A 4 0 win over Anna Athletic. But Kevin Beach start there, on a point behind Edinburgh City. 3 0 win away to Stenhouse Muir. I think that might be their first away win of the season. 
Cowboys, um, yes it is. Um, my tip for relegation, yeah, that's working out well. Um, but Sterling Albion got their first points of the season, so no team is pointless in Scottish football this season now, and they replaced, they're replaced at the bottom by Breakin, who of course lost to Cove in Mark Wilson's first game in charge. They're going for, they're going for three successive relegations, aren't they? Yeah. That would be great for them, right? Cove's goal difference is unbelievable. They're on positive 12 red in Edinburgh, second they're on three. They're just, they're just pumping teams. Oh, it doesn't stop. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty decent squad as well. Fraser Five in the middle and that, the Mitch Megason. Mitch Megason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 there's only two teams in a double digit plus goal difference in Scotland, the other one's Celtic. Aye. Yeah, Cove are highly amb- ambitious, um, obviously appointing someone like Paul Hartley, um, but you're certainly getting a lot of entertainment. They've scored, um, I see, 22 goals this season, um, and the only points that they've dropped this season was at Albion Rovers, and that was a 4-4 game. Um, Even now, excitement. That's <laughs> when you should be getting your, your, your season ticket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Europe to come in Thursday. So yeah. And yep. Rangers are home to yeah. John, turn your volume up, mate. Uh, yeah, the early kickoff Celtic in France. Um, last time we were in Venn, as we all remember, Chad comedy own goal. Uh, Joe Ledley managed to cancel that out, fortunately. We got a one each draw. Uh, and uh, the last time we played Ren competitively, it was a 3 1 win for Celtic at Celtic Park. However, we have played Ren this season in a friendly, and it was nothing each. <laughs> Thrilling stuff. Uh, so that's that's the early kickoff, uh, and then after that, Rangers are hosting Feyenoord, who this week were uh, their, their visitors. Was it Den Graf? Something like that. Den Hag, maybe. Aye. Um, the visiting fans were throwing teddy bears at them. Was it not the home fans were throwing them down to the no, no, sick no, kids? No, the, I said the, the away fans were throwing them down to the home fans to give to the sick kids hospital in Rotterdam. Aye. So, final we're getting teddy bears chucked at them and that's week they might be chucking teddy bears about. Oh, see what you it sounds, did there. It sounds, like, it sounds like a rerun of the Generation game. Give me a so aye, that's uh, what, the final generation game. Yeah, I wonder if maybe that would attract. So yeah, that's the the way I kick off. Um, so uh, hopefully, um, no doubt Ibrox will be packed out, except for three thousand fans, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, get the second um, punishment of. Racist chanting to deal with, uh, and then hopefully after that they'll have a, a full stadium for the other two home games. Are our uh, Celtic fans back in the the coefficient, or are they wanting Rangers pumped out as soon as possible? It's probably better if we get the coefficient up. I'm probably not the majority in that one though. I I would like to see the coefficient improved. Yeah. Yeah, me too. As an Aberdeen fan, um, as much as it pains me to say, I um, 
you want to see the old firm do well in Europe. Um, nah, uh, for Scottish football, it'd be, it'd be good. Um, just when it comes back to the weekend, um, Celtic Rangers getting pumped wouldn't it be too bad, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. I think we've yeah, just got to be realistic about yeah, that. Of course, because we're playing Thursday night, um, Celtic Rangers both playing on, on Sunday. Rangers, I'm assuming, are a tele game for a quarter past 12 kickoff away at St. Johnson. Uh, Celtic, yeah. I have no idea why we're playing at 1 o'clock against Kilmarnock, but hey ho. Maybe it's to keep us out of the way of the other tele game. Abs and Hearts. I think so, yeah. I think that'll be partly to do with it. Then we've got the Scottish Cup the weekend, first round. It'll yep. start Friday. The first tele game of the weekend? Yep. Yeah, Kelly Hearts and Talbot. I was reading earlier about Kelty Hearts in terms of remember the boy Nathan Austin that played with Falkirk. Mm-hmm. So he scored a hat trick. Oh, they played at the weekend in the South Challenge Cup. He has scored 20 goals in 10 games this season. That's pretty decent. Which is pretty impressive. Um, so obviously that game's on TV on Friday night on BBC Scotland. Um, Tabo went into the game on the back of a 1-1 draw with Hilford. So struggled a wee bit, but had a few players out that hopefully be back for Friday night. Um, don't listen to the BBC website on this one, by the way, because if you look at Saturday's fixtures, they have the, the, the mighty TBC at home at Huntley at 11 o'clock on Saturday. They also have uh, Kelty Hearts and Rockingham at Talbot at 11 o'clock Saturday. So, Sky, yeah, Sky Sports is the same. If you're picking that up, um, you've probably missed the game <laughs> in, in the case of Talbot. But aye, it's uh, not, not the most up-to-date of the uh, pages, unfortunately. Sky Sports has a ball kicking off at 11 o'clock. Aye, so BBC must be pulling the same feed down because they've got the same. At least, they, at least they're like acknowledging the fact that the tournament's getting played. That's true. It's a preliminary yeah. round, so they didn't even give any mention. Yeah, because this is the, the first round proper, as I like to say. Yeah. Uh, we've also we'll got um, three Premiership games on Saturday as well. We've mentioned Aberdeen away at Livingston. Got Motherwell hosting Ross County and St Mirren versus Hamilton. Where a big game. Exactly the, the other end of the league. So, yeah, not exciting yeah. Um In the lower leagues, um, Thistle Dunfermline, bottom two in the Championship. Could be interesting. So, um, if you think if Dunfermline win that, Gary Caldwell's for the off, and then he'll beat uh, either Heckenbottom or Levine to the sack race. <laughs> <laughs> Who have I got in my prediction? I can't even remember. I think between us, we went for a combination of Alesso and Wright. Um, but I think that was based too much on the League Cup and Commander's Europa League. Um, Aye, you, you, and comments by Kurt Bradford. You, you kind of fancy that uh, they'll be alright. But uh, aye, we've got Alessio, Tommy Wright. Yeah. Um, Wright. Uh, Alessio, yeah. <laughs> Nobody went for anything other than those two. So. Um, yeah, I think Stevie Crawford could um, could be in trouble if Dan Fairman were to lose this because they had a decent start in the League Cup, um, which I think pointy people were saying maybe it won't be him. But uh, two points from five games, it's not good going. Well, maybe. Lewis, who do you think the first manager is going to be sacked? Second bottom? Uh, 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 probably, probably got to be uh, I'd say Gary Caldo um, they've, they've been awful since he's came in um, 
I, I think the Hibs board are too tight to sack Heckenbottom. I think they've just given him a three-year deal, so they'll be that's that's all the influence in their decision. I think the problem we've got when it comes to this sack race is you're right. I think Heckenbottom could be there for a while. Um, I think Levine's going to be difficult to unseat. There's bigger problems at Sissel than the manager, and they're higher up. So I don't know if they'll do anything there or if anything will happen until they change higher up. Um, and then <laughs> does kind of leave Stevie Crawford in a bit of a sticky bit there. Um, he, would, he would almost be favourite given the other three's what else is going on around him. So aye, I don't, I don't think Stevie Crawford would be too hard to get rid of. Unfortunately for him. We need to ask as well, Lewis, where you've been on. Who's top of the state? Who's top of the state? so far. Hey. You just beat me that question. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually not been on top of this year at all. I think, I think it could be Hearts again, or even Rangers. I think it's one of those two because they they keep releasing statement after statement again. I'd imagine there'd be another another Hearts one coming this week after their protest. I I would have thought Rangers are top of it because they were making several statements after uh, the the UEFA fines. They keep leaking their statements to the newspapers these days. That's true. Totally stays away from the website just to annoy me. But we've said it on this podcast already. The statements that Rangers, the club, have been making have been actually pretty good. Um, It's the the others like um, the. The Union Bears, Bears and the Club oh, 1892. 1892. 1872. <laughs> they're, the, they're the ones that tend to be a bit more. Um, um, I think. Written in crane. The Union Bears are used by Murray Club 1872 are brilliant because they, 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 they write it as if it's a proper article. And as if they were the official club. And they're just going to have to spew about anything about local MSPs, about UEFA, anything. It's brilliant. It's probably, it probably is just Jim Trainer, <laughs> under some sort of pseudonym. <laughs> Who are we going for for the pick it out winner this week? Got to be Tony Andrew. Tony Andrew. That's the one that made me laugh the most. Um, I like to see Dorf one, I must admit, I agree with Lewis and that. Um, but I think. Of all the goals that I've seen, the good Willie third one was a, was a cracker, so I'd probably go with that. I'm sticking with um, Michael Doyle. Yeah, I like Doyle's as well, so I've got a... Go with the Doyle. I think the two you've given it to Doyle, I've went for um, good Willie and Lewis has went for Cedar, so... Uh, well, I'm the Barker's even with a shout because... He can he can hit a he can hit a shot on target at all last season or the season before, and then he's one game in for Rangers, bang top corner. <laughs> it's a good finish, but I think Stewart for Ross County is a better finish. Aye, that's a good half yeah. Aye. Aye. I'm still surprised at that signing uh, Brandon Barkas. I saw him um, when he was alone at, at Preston last season. He didn't look. Brilliantly right. Um, I, I mean, he was he was decent at Hibs, but his end product was um, flattering to deceive. But Stephen Gerrard obviously sees something in him, and you know, one game in, he's got his first goal, so it uh, could well get him up and running. That was um, the issue at Hibs, like he was fastest player on the pitch, then he'd get, he'd get to go when he wouldn't know what to do. He'd try and take on to his left, and either went for a goal kick every time, or just evaded anyone in the box. 
Um, um, hopefully it hasn't been turned around because that would, that would just be typical. Yeah. Just on Twitter, um, Craig Mahood reckons that uh, was the love Liam Miller and and Paisley Steelmen have gone for the 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 goal. Yeah, he tweeted us live on that, live as we were recording. Yeah, that's what the last twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Well, that could swing it then. Um, but do you know, Seedorf's going at the weekend, um, and there was a couple of things that happened that made me think, um, why the hell is that fantasy football Scotland not running? Because that would have been a good weekend. Because <laughs> that's some. Um, I think Hedges scored as well. It's a shame that app didn't work out. And Lewis, I know you were an advocate for it at first, but um, it's just a shame. Uh, I've been saying for years that we need a proper fantasy football. Just you sort you sort of pay attention to games that you wouldn't even be bothered about otherwise. Yeah. Uh, so it'd probably be good for like, marketing the rest of the league. But I I think they just totally messed up their formulas in the app, and then uh, they were getting some abuse online. I think they said they'll be back next year. But hope so. You're almost as well not coming a product that isn't going to work than coming back because I kind of see it kicking off the same way it was before. Oh, I, I think they had, they had, uh, I think they had like 10,000 guys signed up or something. Did the SPFL have their own one though? I think that was a... I think Ladbrokes. Yeah, got, the, no, Ladbrokes. I think Ladbrokes because they're a sponsor of the SPFL. They've, they've kind of backed it. So I suppose my question is to whether that will actually exist next season. Given Lloyd Brooks up when we were uh, doing the, the sponsorship for the league. When did when did they even release that though? Because I'd never heard of it until about two days before the season started and it was all, all of a sudden this 10k prize for... Aye. It seemed like it was the week leading up to the start of the season. Aye, because, like, I only signed up for the, the, the FFS one. Aye, same. <laughs> very, very soon before the, the, the season and I actually thought it was the Lloyd one to start with. Because so. uh, I wasn't going to sign up because I'm terrible at um, fantasy football. Oh, same. I'm, I'm, I'm and I especially, I don't really like the English football much, so I don't pay much attention to this. I don't really do fantasy football because that's generally what it is. So I, I, I was given this one a go because everybody else the podcast was doing it, and it was Scottish football at least. Oh, one other thing I did see this week uh, today that I wanted to mention was uh, Jason Cummins. Trying to say he doesn't want to play for Scotland, he hmm. play for Australia. He's got a whole hell's chance. Tough one. Well, no more short strikers, but. Well, yeah, we're short of strikers and he's he can't even get in it. Um, you know, he did ever since he left Championship Hibs team, and that's what people need to remember. When he was scoring the goals to Hibs, it was in the Championship. Uh, he went to Nottingham Forest, didn't really do well in the Championship. Then there came up to Rangers. He was utterly atrocious for Rangers. Six goals of which four were Scottish Cup um, goals against Aaron Falkirk. Um, last season, after starting all right at Peterborough, they then shipped him back because he was dreadful for them went to Luton scored one goal and now he scored one goal on his debut for Shrewsbury Town he thinks he's an international footballer I, he's a poor he's a, he's a poor man's Griffiths Ryden etc I would take a poor man's Griffiths or Ryden right now <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. all the boys uh, that I speak to they, they would have loved to have him back um, at the end of the window there there's talent in there the problem is attitude uh, he's, got, he's definitely an Problem. Um, but yeah. we're, we're not going to attract a player of that quality that doesn't have an actual problem. You look at our greatest strikers of the last 20 years, they've all, they've all got their demons. Um, Did he give himself that nickname of Cum Dog? Uh, 
Probably. Utterly. Is that who it was? It's, no, it's Ken, Ken McGrady. He was at him training yeah. center. Have you seen the video? No. Uh, there's a video of uh, Cummins where uh, Grado's having his lunch in the hip training centre and then Cummins has has himself in his boxers, runs through and tries to pin Grado down. So he's got cum dog, like, painted dog himself. What? I've <laughs> <laughs> never seen that. It sounds like a terrible prank. Cum dog sounds like a terrible prank you pull when you're working on the hot dog stand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, I've got a similar nickname, uh, similar surname, so I've had I've had all, I've had all the variations, <laughs> all the variations uh, chucked in me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll save you from the um, a few ribbons. Uh, I just want to give a. I, I seem I seems always we're doing this every week because it's the back on side stuff, but um, Aaron Connolly scored four goals at the weekend for Fulham United. are still top of the table, so well done. Aaron. And then walked a marathon. After that, if all was yeah. no wonder he was in. You should, did you see the picture he tweeted last night? What he was eating? <laughs> oh, <it> looked amazing! <laughs> <laughs> what was it like? A pizza crunch and a sausage and chips and some fritters, maybe. Yeah, it looked good. Oh, it looked, it looked tremendous. Nice. But to be fair, I mean, we have, we've scored four goals in the weekend, and you've walked the marathon. Probably earned it. If I ate that, that's about three stone. I'm putting on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're just yeah. I it's he's also got Haribo's and M and M's and Yazoo <laughs> and look at it. Wow, it, that's well earned. If you're bonding all that off, have fun. Right, he's obviously putting a pair of worker. See, four goals, man of the match at the weekend. Great stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and mean, hopefully he'll be on next week because next Saturday is the. Um, self-proclaimed back on side derby because it's fault fault United against uh, Ken Kenusi Panmure in the Scottish Junior Cup. Of course, nice one. Nice one. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, plenty of goals in that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you want to discuss before we wrap up? Nah, I'm done. Been good having you on, Lewis. Right, cheers, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, maybe the next time you come on, Hibs will be a few places higher in the league. Can I get much, much lower to be fair? <laughs> <laughs> well, you could be harsh. Maybe that create attendance next time before I come on as well. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I was, I was saying to guys earlier. I think you're the first Hibs fan we've had on this podcast since the end of season one, when we had a big group of fans round a table in a pub. What, what season is this? That's uh, so season nine. So this is just another example how underrepresented Hibs are in the media. <laughs> oh, you're not always too many Hearts fans were like that scared and which is Craig guy. Craig, Craig Fowler. I, if you watch that, um, oh, what's it called? The Terrace. The Terrace. I, that's old jambos. That uh, who's the, the guy that does the Borthwick? The Borthwick, I think. Robert Borthwick. Ah, right, he's a jambo as well. Uh, but none of, none of them are now working on Hearts TV doing the commentary like uh, Laurie was started on this podcast <laughs> the, the commentator for Hearts TV Laurie he was he started on this podcast oh did he? aye he's a jam boy aye <laughs> <laughs> he's never, never, never ended up with that one is it as good as Rangers TV? 
Um, <laughs> he doesn't get clipped as often. How does he know that? <laughs> uh, he manages to be quite impartial, I think. Aye, unless Hart scored a last minute goal against Hibs. Aye, well. <laughs> Even then, he's no bad. He keeps, he keeps yeah. a lid on it to a certain extent. Also, we can't say much because the Red TV commentators are ridiculously biased as oh, well. Aye. But then, that's what happens when you employ. Um, and I like Dave McDermott, the uh, manager, Shinny, but yeah, they are very biased and they don't hide it. They don't pretend to hide it. I don't think you should. See when you're on the in-house commentary, huh? Oh, hell for yeah. well, I don't care. Well, we well we had we had this discussion about um you know the tomboy comments um yeah but it'd be the first one to get done for comments made in their own channel but yeah to be fair Kelly's uh, comments on Saturday was the most unbiased I've ever heard <laughs> the boy the boy is really good can't his name. I think he's done off the ball recently, but he, um, I think he's a, maybe a Celtic fan. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why he's not bad. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was like proper commentary. It wasn't he fan commentary at all? Not a Robbie fan commentary. Yeah. I've heard it was a fan commentary over the years. But hopefully we'll get you back on soon, Lewis. Good luck for our Sunday. Uh, see who the next manager is. <laughs> <laughs> I come on, talk about him. So next week. We'll... <laughs> I don't know. I was, I was quite a bit. I'd say Hib should probably win. I think we do have the better team. I just, I've got no idea how Heckenbottom's going to line them up. It's going to be a scrappy game. No, no, until the last ten minutes. Now that I've said that, it's going to end up being two-two or something. No, you're probably right, but no, no. <laughs> so many times I've thought, oh, I'm really looking forward to the Edinburgh Derby, and it's been dire. Aye, so, usually so, I don't usually uh, remember them, to be fair, because the pub opens at nine, so... <laughs> <laughs> you might need to start drinking earlier for this one. Well, I think, I think uh, it's a Scotland from rugby on Saturday morning. Oh, no, World Cup. Sunday morning, I think it is. We've got uh, special licences in Edinburgh, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I against Ireland half eight, I think half eight kick off so we might have to go and watch that just there yeah. oh, just, just start drinking on Saturday night don't stop that's where you go is that another one of the cup warm ups no that's a World Cup next month World Cup starts on Friday is it this Friday yep yep I thought it was next week too but it's this Friday yep off to Japan soon then not me, I mean, nobody cares. This is a football yeah. podcast. It's <laughs> that way. So, I, I cheers again. Cheers, guys. Thanks, everybody. Catch you there.